Daly. Heather Hopper. Fred Allen. Star on Family Theater. The Mutual Broadcasting System, in cooperation with Family Theater Incorporated, presents Hollywood Story, starring Dan Daly and Hedda Hopper. Brief portions are transcribed. Fred Allen is your host. Radio plays from the golden age of Hollywood. Family Theater Productions presents remastered family classics from our audio archives. These were shows originally produced by Father Patrick Payton in Hollywood, California. Hello, I'm Father David Guffey, and welcome to this week's show... Hollywood Story, originally broadcast March 9th, 1949. Before the days of Entertainment Tonight or TMZ or Twitter feeds, celebrity news was dished out by the likes of reporter Hedda Hopper, a gossip columnist who for over 28 years had a show on radio and had a column in print. It was all during the golden age of Hollywood. She makes a cameo appearance in this show telling the story of an ambitious Hollywood writer. The writer in today's show was played by Dan Daly, a leading man of his day, just coming off an Academy Award nomination for his part in the 1948 film, When My Baby Smiles at Me. Now, enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. This is Hedda Hopper bringing you another Hollywood story. Tonight, it concerns the fortunes of Terry O'Rourke, a young writer who had one desire in life, a burning desire to own a big big swimming pool and to have an Oscar standing on the mantel in his living room to look at when he came out of his plush pool. It's the story of a young guy who woke up one morning and wished he'd never been born. It's about a guy who met a girl, and together they had a dream. It began one evening a few years ago. Janie Powers, a young actress, her agent, Monty Rocco, and myself were seated at a table in Ciro's. A man, handsome, charming, and with eyes for no one but Janie, came over. Hello, Monty. Hello, O'Rourke. What can I do for you? I'd like to meet Miss Powers some other time. Oh, don't be difficult, Monty. Who is this young man? Terry O'Rourke, a B-writer I met. I forget where. How do you do, Terry? Congratulations on your last picture. I hear it's a sleeper. I didn't know you paid any attention to pictures that only show on the wrong side of the tracks, Miss Hopper. <laughs> oh, I get around. Mr. O'Rourke? Janie Powers. Hi. How do you do? Would you dance with me? Well, I... Oh, go on, Janie. If you don't, I will. Excuse me. you got against him, Monty? Oh, nothing personally. He's just a smooth-talking, fast operator, that's all. I don't like the type. Janie, I'm very much in love with you. I love you too, darling, distractingly. I'm serious. You don't know me. We were only introduced a few minutes ago. You are 20 years old and weigh 116 pounds. Your hair is brown with copper lights in it, and your skin is dark and soft like smoke. You were born in Chicago and studied stage work in Philadelphia. 
You're not married and you like popcorn. Cook with plenty of very salt. Sounds like Head Hopper. It is Hopper. In every stage in movie magazine, I could find that even mention your name. You've played in exactly four movies, but left them because your love is the stage. Let's get out of here, Terry. I've always thought someday it would come like this. Unexpectedly naughty. Where would you like to go? Oh, that doesn't matter. Just somewhere we can talk. As many dates as could be crowded into the next few months. It was a whirlwind courtship ending with... Did Jane Powers take thee, Terence O'Rourke, home for my lawful husband to have and to hold from this day forward? Kiss me, Terry, darling, kiss me. Life is going to be too short to hold all your kisses. After honeymoon, they bought a little house out in the valley, and Janie gave up her work. Two years later, she left Terry. It was the natural outgrowth of a lot of events that gradually reached a climax. The first one that led toward the break came about five months after the wedding. Terry came home from the studio one afternoon, bubbling over with news. Janie, where are you, Janie? In the patio, dear. Hello, darling. <laughs> Top of the evening. I got some wonderful news for you. Oh, what, dear? Well, you've been wondering why I've been working so late these fast last few weeks, I trust. You said the production date and your script have been pushed up. Janie, I was lying. I've been bumming around with old Pappy Durant, the director. Oh? When Pappy starts a picture, he always asks for his own writers and gets them, see? Well, not exactly. Well, Pappy has been signed by Transcontinental and wants me with him. I'm all set. Oh, but... <laughs> now, listen. When they asked me what my salary was, I upped it exactly $350 a week. Not a word was said because Pappy asked for me. The studio didn't even bother to check it. But... Won't they find out the truth? Who cares? The contract is signed. <laughs> oh, baby, baby, we're on the upgrade at last. <laughs> What's the matter? I, th I thought you'd be pleased. Terry, I don't think it's right. Why not? It isn't just this one thing alone, darling. I've noticed it in smaller things, too, ever since we've been married. You... You have your mind set on the money, Terry. On getting all you can. Is that a bit bad? It is when it becomes your ambition. Achievement is one thing, but to pin all your hopes of happiness on the accumulation of money... In this game, it's dog-eat-dog. Dog. Get the dough if you can. It doesn't make any difference how you get it, just get it. That's greed. It isn't ambition. Well, what do you want out of life, then? A home, children, reasonable security. None of these things depend on a lot of money. Honey, I like that. I come home and tell my wife I just got a terrific raise, and this is the way, way she acts. I'm going to mix a drink. Terry went ahead on the picture. About the time he finished the script, the front office found out what he'd done. He was cooked as far as that studio or Pappy Durant was concerned. But it didn't make any difference to Terry. His salary was now established at $750 per week. 
The next job he got legitimately enough at studio pictures. The only thing that was even a little out of line there was that the fact that he talked the story editor into buying an original and then kicked back 50% of the money he received for the sale into the story editor's pocket. One night. Terry. Yeah? I've thought and thought about the best way to tell you this. I've been over and over every, every procedure. For Pete's sake, what are you talking about? I've finally decided to be blunt about it. Terry, I'm going to have a baby. Didn't you hear what I said? Should I ring bells or blow whistles? We've got a lot of entertaining to do. We'll have to be seen around. Terry! All the confounded, inopportune times for a thing like this to happen. Do you think I contracted it like like a cold or something? Oh, Terry. Terry, what's happened to you? Then, to make matters worse, a period of inactivity set in. Writers were laid off at all studios. One night, uh, very much at odds with the world, Terry walked into a little bar and sat down next to a young man just about his own age. Terry didn't pay much attention to him or anyone else as he gave his order. Whiskey and soda, Mac. Make it right. Coming up. Then the kid in the next stool looked around. He was pretty far gone, but... How are you? Peter Rabbit. Oh, that's so? Ryan Soda. Want to talk? Lonesome with nobody to talk to. What's on your mind? Suicide. What? That's a fact. I was just trying to decide how to go about it. Come to any conclusions? Oh, it would be awful easy to walk out the door and just go on right out into the tra- traffic. Car comes along fast. Bingo. Continued next week. It has its points. Why so morbid? Okay, you ask me, I'll tell you. Well, my name's very distinctive. It's Joe Adams. Probably a couple hundred just like it in Los Angeles. Where I come from, I'm considered a pretty good writer. I'm working on the same paper five, six years. So I thought I'd come out here and try the movies. You heard of the movies. May I be so bold as to inquire? Here and there. Yeah, most people have. I thought I'd knock over a writing job. No trouble at all. You know how it is. <laughs> a little optimistic, weren't you? In the face of the kind of shows they're doing these days? I can write better than that under water. Ouch. You know what? Hollywood's like a great, big, beautiful dame. When she smiles at you, everything's all right. When she doesn't, there's no happiness anywhere. Yes, sir, Hollywood's a woman. She loves you, and she doesn't. A woman, huh? Sure. In a mink coat. You suppose she loves me? She wouldn't even spit on me. Well, I hope I haven't disgusted you with that word. I've been around. I can take it. Okay. I've been peddling stories from one studio to another to, like, close the doors and go home every time they see me coming. That's too bad. Because you've got a story that's terrific. How'd you know that? I'm psychic. Nothing professional, you understand. Want to hear it? No, but go on. Well, it begins this way.
That kid outlined the greatest idea for a picture Terry ever heard. He didn't have to be told twice that he had stumbled onto something big. When Joe finished... Well, what do you think of it? Good, huh? You say you've never had it in a studio? Yeah. Anyone seen it? No. You got anything on paper? What do you think I write on, Beaverborn? The yarn's pretty good, Joe. I'd like to buy it. The reception was a little poor that time. What did you say? I'd like to buy your story. Okay, Mr. Mayor. Or should I say Mr. Warner Brothers? I'll give you... I'll give you a hundred bucks cash. That's all I've got in my pocket. What do you say? Turn around, mister. Let's see if you got any wings. Is it a deal? It's a deal? It's a merger. It's an act of providence. I'll even buy you a drink now. I'm part of that hundred bucks. Terry insisted Joe sign his story away right there and then. Uh, Janie was asleep when he got home, so he didn't wake her. The last thing in the world he wanted was for her to find out what he'd done. To make a long story short, he sold that yarn for $75,000. To United Studios and signed a contract to write a screenplay at $1,200 a week. I know, that sounds like an awful lot of money. And brother, it is. Tell Janey the story was his own. And being madly in love with him, she believed him. Then one, one evening, Terry came home. The house was so quiet. Janie! Janie! Janie wasn't there. After a few minutes, he found the letter. It was sealed with his name on it. Standing where he couldn't miss it. He tore the envelope open and two sheets of paper dropped out. The first one was the release Joe Adams made out in the bar, written on a barroom napkin and signed in a very shaky hand. The second was a note from Janie. Terry, I found this in the drawer of your desk when I was hunting for the checkbook. I know now where your big idea came from. I never thought you'd fall so low as to roll a drunk for his ideas. I told you a long time ago what I thought about such things as this. I'm going home to have our baby. Please don't bother to write me or come after me unless you learn what you've made of yourself, if you ever do learn. Well, that was that. Terry didn't write. He was too proud. One afternoon about a week later, Joe Adams cornered him as he was going into the Brown Derby in Hollywood for lunch. It was the first time Terry had seen him since the... Hello, Shylock. You're looking well. Hello, Joe. How are you? Just ducky. I want to talk to you. Well, some other time. I want a little bit of that gold mountain they wheeled up and dumped in your lap for my story. Well, I can't talk to you here. See me at the studio. Can be told again you're in conference? Go on, beat it. Terry turned on his heel and went on into the derby, leaving Joe standing where he was. Then it happened. By the time Terry could reach the sidewalk again, traffic was all snarled up and a growing crowd of people stared with horror at a crumpled figure lying half under a big car. 
How did it happen? I saw the guy walk out into the street. He, he looked like he was drunk or dazed or, or didn't rightly know what he was doing. It'd be awful easy to walk out the door and just go on right out into the traffic. Car comes along fast and bingo. Continue next week. Trembling from shock, Terry went right back to his office, told his secretary not to put through any phone calls, not to admit anyone. He locked himself in. He had to think. Think. And so he had a drink. And another. But that only made things worse. No matter how Terry dodged the truth, he always came back to one conclusion. If Joe Adams died, he, Terry O'Rourke, killed him. Just as surely as if he had physically pushed him in front of that car. Whether or not Joe intended suicide had nothing to do with it. Uh, Miss Bonham, a man by the name of Joe Adams was hurt in an accident a little while ago. See if you can find where they've taken him, will you? Put me through. Go ahead, please. This is a friend of Mr. Adams. How is he? I'm sorry, sir. Mr. Adams died about an hour ago. Died? Oh. Dead. The best in the city, but he hadn't the money to pay for it. Now he's dead. Suppose you had turned back that money to Joe and confessed what you'd done. That would have meant the end of everything you've worked so hard for. It would have meant the end of Hollywood as far as you're concerned. Nobody could expect you to do a thing like that. I'm going back to Chicago to have our baby, Terry. Please don't bother to write me or come after me unless you've learned what you've made of yourself, if you ever do learn. Janie, I'm very much in love with you. I love you too, darling, distractingly. I'm serious. You don't know me. We were only introduced a few minutes ago. I, Jane Powers, take thee, Terence O'Rourke, for my lawful husband. Kiss me, Terry, darling. Kiss me. Life is going to be too short to hold all of your kisses. What do you want out of life, Jeannie? A home, children, reasonable security. None of these depend on a lot of money. How do you like that? I come home and tell my wife I got a terrific raise and this is the way she acts. I'm going to mix a drink. Oh, Terry, Terry, what's happening to God, if I could only go back and do things over. Mr. O'Rourke? Yeah? This is Miss Bonneman. Please unlock the door. 
Yeah? The watchman told me you spent the night here at the office. That was nice of him. Uh, Mr. O'Rourke, in regard to that Mr. Adams... I don't want to talk to him. I don't want to talk about him. I don't want to hear his name. He's dead. Hey, Joe Adams is. An old man who was run over way down in the south end of town. What did you say? It occurred to me, after you talked to General Hospital, that Adams is a very common name, so I did a little more checking. Another Joe Adams, a young man, was run down outside the Brown Derby yesterday about noon and was taken to the Hollywood Receiving Hospital, not to General. Do, do you know what you're saying? He was treated for shock and bruises and then discharged. Uh, he's all right? Yes. He, he isn't, isn't dead? No. Miss Barnum, where's my checkbook? Oh, 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 here, I... Now, you can find where Joe Adams lives. Give him this check. The, the second Adams, please, not, not the first. Mr. O'Rourke, it's for $75,000. Yes, and, and write out in your own words what I'm going to say now, and I'll sign it. I, Terry O'Rourke, wish to resign immediately from United Studios. Having secured my job here by fraud and false pretenses. I realize this doesn't whitewash the wrong I've done, but... Well, the real author of the story I sold you is a man by the name of Joe Adams. That was yesterday. Terry O'Rourke was a lucky guy, and he knew it. You can imagine the excitement when that story broke. I don't know where Terry is now. I called his home just before the broadcast and received no answer. But I have a message for him, if he happens to be listening in. He has a son, born in Chicago just one hour ago. Congratulations, Terry. Don't stay away too long. Hollywood might surprise you in the way she feels now since she knows the truth. Not everyone here has the courage to admit he was wrong. Good night, everybody. American Airlines Flight 2 for Chicago, New York, loading at Gate 3. All aboard, please. Your ticket, please, sir? Oh, yes, Mr. O'Rourke. Quite a break getting a cancellation at the last moment, wasn't it? Hurry, Terry, hurry. Hello, this is Father David again. No matter where you are, honor and honesty is respected, even in Hollywood. Terry, the writer in today's show, learns the hard way what it means to do the right thing. And now a final word from Fred Allen, the legendary comedian who is the guest host of this week's show. You know, during the play, I was thinking about the way it sometimes happened that everything seems to go wrong. I mean, you have a definite plan of what you want of how things should go, but despite your best efforts, you can't make things go right. And in families, it happens that way, too. Homes break up. Nobody ever planned it that way because everybody starts planning a happy home. But happiness can't be all of our own making. We need God's help. Yes, all of us do. And we can have that help simply for the asking. Ask and you shall receive. That's the power of prayer. That's the wonderful help that every home can have through family prayer. Daily family prayer means God is there in your home. 
It means the joy of sharing your happiness with others. It means God's blessing on your home. And with God's blessing, the family that prays together stays together.